Welcome to the Daily Creed, where we help you break your limited beliefs that are holding you back from being a personal and professional success when you master the five character traits of commitment, resilience, excellence, execution, and discipline. You will have the power to dominate your industry and live the life you desire. And now, helping you to grow in every aspect of your life, your host, J.R. Spear. Spear. Welcome everyone to the Daily Creep Podcast Show. And today I have a special guest. Her name is Felicia Romero, and she is the go-to fitness expert. She is an eight-time fitness cover model, including Oxygen Magazine, Muscle and Fitness Hers, and Flex Magazine. She opened up her first gym at 22 years old and recently sold Fit Method to create more time freedom in her life, building her own online business that helps people all around the nation. She has been on reality TV, local and national TV, and with her most recent reality TV experience on Fit to Fat to Fit that aired on Lifetime, where she had to gain and lose weight for her sister, who lost over 80 pounds in the process. Felicia is a regular on Fox 10 News, Arizona Family, CBS, and NBC. And today, Felicia mentors entrepreneurs and fitness coaches, helping them build their brand and business online through her fitness business vortex, host of the High Felicia podcast, and founder of Luna True Nutrition. So, Felicia, thank you so much for joining me on our Daily Creep podcast show. This is a special treat for me. I've been following you on Instagram for quite a while now, and I believe I met you originally on Clubhouse in a room a long time ago. And every time I open up my Instagram, you're like one of the people that I want to, because I constantly feel inspired by just a lot of your, your consistency that you, you do out, out there. And I was like, I was sitting, I was sitting at home playing with my kids. And I was like, you know what, let me just take a stab out and see if she would even be interested and wanted to come on my yeah. show. Because I, I believe my audience would uh, definitely love to hear more about your story, what you're doing, because, yeah. you know, from, from just a little bit that I've known about you, you've got quite the story and journey that you had to go to to get to where you're at. And I'm sure it can inspire a lot of other people. So thank you. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me on. And do you even, do you use Clubhouse anymore, by the way? I haven't been on Clubhouse. I can't even tell you how long. So, um, I mean, I, I don't even know if they're still doing it or not. Really, yeah. I haven't been on either. I actually um, deleted the app just because I just didn't find myself going in there, but I found, I got my, I got really like turned off when I would jump into these like big groups and, you know, they were doing like hot seat coaching and things like that. And they would just like completely just grill the person that they were on on the hot seat, but not in a good way, not in a constructive way, like in a really like ridicule way. And, and it just didn't sit with me. Right. And so I'm just like, Oh, this isn't for me anymore. So I deleted the app, but, um, but yeah, how interesting how people come across in our world in different ways, you know? So I'm so glad that we were able to connect because I send people your way all the time. So. Yeah. Well, I, I appreciate it. It definitely doesn't go unnoticed. So I uh, really definitely uh, appreciate that. You know, with, with clubhouse, you know, I think one thing for me is I was a little intimidated when I would see like these people be on there for like 24 hours a day or 12 hours, whatever. I'm like, I don't have the time to do this. And it was just a time yeah. suck for me. And I was like, okay, I, I have 15 minutes. I can probably get on and listen. And uh, I tried committing to like once a week going on and doing an episode, but it just, you know, I, I just didn't, I just didn't feel right doing it. So now I try to find other platforms, but I'm glad that, glad that the tool brought us together because uh, you know, we, we ended up here and uh, I hope, yeah. to, hope to learn more from you. 
Oh. That's the power of putting yourself out there, really. You know, like I was just having a conversation. I, I was hosting this group program right now. It's a short container. It's 11 days. It's called Money Moves. And the women in there, you know, there's over two dozen women in there. And we're just talking about money and how we can create more and money mindset and abundance. And one of the women, one of the women in there, you know, she came into my world because I said yes to doing an Instagram live with another person, right? Someone reached out just like you reached out and said, Hey, would you be interested in doing an IG live about XYZ? I said, yeah, let's do it. And so she was on the live. And the thing is there weren't hundreds of people in there. There were maybe like 10 people on the live, right? That one woman saw what I was talking about. She saw my story. She's like, Oh, she has a podcast and she's a holistic divorce coach. And she reached out. She was on the podcast. We're talking on the podcast just like this. And guess what? She decided to sign up for the mastermind that I host, which is a $7,000 investment, right? And she's paying in full literally the end of the day. So like the power of just putting yourself out there, staying consistent with your message and, and who you are and what you stand for, whether it's five people or 500 people, your message is just as important. So, and that led to a cell, which then led to like impacting another life. So it's powerful putting yourself in the rooms of other people and and showing up. Yeah. I think that's one, one reason why I resonated with you quite a bit because one time I I think it was, it might've been my very first room that I did in the clubhouse where I, I was hosting. You actually jumped in on there. Me and you were having a conversation and like the nuggets that you were giving and the conversations you were having with the other people you were still serving them like there was a room full of like a hundred people. And it didn't matter that there was a couple of people or, or even the person that may have been very insignificant. It's like you value the people as people and you could mm-hmm. tell through the genuine of your voice. The other thing that really resonated with me a while back was you're constantly on the move. So you're always thinking about like, what can I do next to serve people and to help people? And I was like, wow, that really is, is cool because you're not just stagnant doing the same thing all the time and doing it the same way that you're always looking like, hey, what can I do? different to offer my audience to bring extra value and stuff like that. And and you may not even remember you saying it, but that was one thing that actually really stuck with me when you were talking about it. And that mm-hmm. really made me connect and, one, and keep following you. So uh, yeah. I definitely appreciate that. I attribute that to feminine energy. So I don't know if you know, like really tapping into like feminine and masculine energy, right? Like if we really like tap into our masculine energy, that's the thing, like that's the strategy, that's the implementation, that's the processes, that's the funnels, right? The funnels you create. And so when we tap into our feminine energy, which I've been able to tap into even more, because I was that hustle burnout coach who was like very like old paradigm and selling, pressure selling, objection selling, uh, having some sort of like offer, which leads to a sales page, which leads to a call, which then close them on the call, like very, very masculine sales, which works for a lot of people. But what I found over the years is like really now tapping into and balancing that masculine and feminine energy, which is, which is tapping into the intuition, right? Like what is lighting me up right now? And how do I want to serve others in that way? And that's where I'm really that constant on the move or creating from a place of inspiration and inspiration and motivation from wanting to help others in that same way. Right. And so tapping into that I'm not attached to the outcome. I'm not attached to how many people sign up for my programs, but what I am attached to is the impact that I'm making. And that has allowed me to have, to basically scale my income, to scale my community, to, you know, have these like quantum leaps in business that don't even make sense really, but it comes from a place of, well, I continue to serve and I can continue to just follow my intuition mixed in with some masculine energy. Cause obviously I get things done and there's systems and processes, but you know, we have to be able to tap into that intuition at times. 
Yeah. I mean, you have a lot of success in your life. I mean, just from your short bio that you sent me, and I'm sure there's a lot of story behind it. And you've gone through a lot of trials and tribulations to be able to get to where you're at. I want to know more about you as a person, your story of, uh, of how you got to where you're at. I mean, if you're okay with sharing some of that, you yeah. know, I mean, you, I know you kind of started in fitness and you, you uh, played softball. I believe I, I saw in Arizona, you got a master's degree. I mean, you got, you've got the story, but what kind of yeah. led you into getting into the fitness world? And then, and then where, where did you get the values of wanting to serve and help others? Yeah. Oh gosh. That's a great. Okay. So I'll kind of break this down in a nutshell. So I'll go, I'll take it back to college. I was going to Arizona state. I played softball at Arizona state and I I loved it. I've always been an athlete. And I remember, you know, doing a lot of the things that I was supposed to be doing, right? Like you got to go to college after high school, which nothing against traditional education. It served me well, but am I doing the things like my bachelor's, for instance, is in political science. I'm not doing anything in politics. I'm not a lawyer. I'm not, but I did take my LSAT for law school. Um, but you know, I didn't learn a lot of the stuff I'm using now, right? The resiliency and the consistency and the be able to create income. And so that really came from later years. But in college, I played softball at Arizona State. And I, um, at the time, I didn't want to go get a normal job because I had a crazy school schedule. And my partner at the time, he was a trainer and he's like, why don't you, why don't you start helping people? Why don't you train? You work out all the time. You love train. You love fitness. Oh, wow. You're right. So I got certified and we actually started training people right out of our home in our garage while I was going to school. So I was still studying to be a lawyer, took my LSAT for law school. But at that time I was training people. And then I remember my junior year uh, into college, almost senior year, I realized that it's not what I wanted to do. And that's when we actually got our first storefront, uh, 1500 square foot space, saved my the whole summer for equipment and got a gym, uh, 1500 square foot, trained the owner of the space. So he gave us a really good deal on rent. And I continued going to school and got my master's in exercise and wellness. And so I did that mainly because, well, first I was the first to graduate my family from any sort of degree, and then especially my master's. And then for me, I still was programmed like I had to do school in order to succeed, which is not the case. Okay. Gives you a lot of great tools. School's great for, you know, building and, and like t- certain tools that you need, but it's not the predicator for success by any means. So um, got my master's. And then during that time had the gym and then we kept growing and then we got a second gym. Right. And then I had a partnership during that time when that partnership ended, I remember then going off on my own and starting my third gym fit method and had that for about five years before I sold at the end of 2017, early 2018 for just more time freedom. Um, but I knew I always wanted to help people. And I remember in college that like tipping point where you're kind of faced with that reality of like, okay, you could follow, you could go this route, which is like, oh, you're safe route. And, you know, you keep going to school and you maybe get into law school and then you do this and, or you could just go into the unknown and really follow your passion and heart, which again, that's, that's twofold. Like, I don't think all people should just go after their passion and make an income out of it. Right. But for me, it just made sense because I loved helping people. It was just natural thing for me to coach. And so I didn't know where that was going to take me, but because I took the action that took the first step that created momentum, which then created all these amazing opportunities. 
And so I believe in momentum. The only way we get momentum or create momentum is by taking action. And we have to decide. We have to decide. If we we are sitting back, I mean, indecision is a decision because we're all one question, one podcast, one course, one coach, one mentor away from being unstuck, right? So if you're stuck right now, you're choosing to be stuck, right? And so that has kind of been my life. And for me, always just really following my heart and tapping into that. So that's it in a nutshell, you know, had my gyms. And then during that time, I also started competing. I've always been a natural athlete. And so when softball was over, I was like, what can I do next? Like I always, I do not like to sit stagnant. I'm a type three on the Enneagram and I always need that like extra goal or that push. So I saw in the, at the gym, it was like a gold's gym, a sign for uh, at the times NPC, which is that national physique committee that leads to the IFBB. So IFBB, for those that may not know who, who, who are listening, um, think Arnold Schwarzenegger, IFBB, you know, pro, that's what I did, but I did a division called figure, which is sort of like a beauty pageant with muscle. And so I started competing and I trained because I love that training aspect, you know, yes, getting on stage and winning is great, but I love the person you become on the journey. Right. And so I've always been so attracted to that, the change that I'm going to experience as I partake on the the journey essentially. And so I started competing, turned pro at my first national show. And that then I was IFBB pro, which then led to so many opportunities literally in the in the 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 center where I got my pro card in Vegas. Like at that show, there was an editor in chief for muscle and fitness hers saw me and was like, hey, we would love to fly you out to LA and you shoot for muscle and fitness hers for the cover. And I was like, oh my gosh, another, another um, example of action, momentum creates opportunities. And that sort of kind of paved the way for eight different covers, reality TV, traveling the world, you know, speaking on stages and all of those things. So that was, that's it's sort of my story in a nutshell. Yeah. So how did you get connected to doing like all these different TV shows and PR and stuff like that? Because I'm sure that plays a lot to your success and getting your name out there as well. I mean, did that just naturally yeah. come because of the whole show thing in IABB or did, was there something else that you had to do to do it? Um, even get on like the reality show. I mean, if someone, I mean, I'm, I'm a believer that like you got, if you want to build your business talking about action momentum, but you also got to get your message out there and people need to know who you are. So doing stuff like that definitely helps. And uh, I'm just kind of curious on what did you do first to be able to gain that and then continue to find these other opportunities to help you build your brand, personal brand but also your business? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. And I haven't thought about this in a long time. And if I had to really break it down, it was building my name. So being a big fish in a little pond, right? So like I built my name in the fitness arena where people were following me. That's when my following grew. And that's when um, you know, I was getting all these opportunities. I mean, you'd go to the airport and you'd see me right on the front page, right. Or at the grocery store. And so it was one of those things where, you know, I became a big fish in a, in a, in a little pond. And so I became known that way, which really allowed for the opportunities. Right. And so, and it's really also knowing people in the industry. Like one of the things that I pride myself on is networking, know a lot of people, but I also, um, have created a lot of, of great working relationships and I don't burn bridges. So, you know, I'm one of those things that I will treat you the same, whether you, you know, you, you, you don't have any followers and you're not doing anything or someone that's doing a lot, like 
those people are not different to me. It's really like, you know, the relationships that you build. Right. And so, yeah. And so I just, honestly, it's just the people that I've known and the situations that I've been able to be a part of has really, I'm a firm believer in timing. And so like timing has just worked out for me, to be honest. And so I just be in that right place at the right time. But I will say if I hadn't taken any action, I would not have had any of those opportunities. Yeah. It's funny that you say that I was on a a call with a, a client this morning and they're, they're so worried about having their program completely perfect before they actually take the step to launch it and do it. And I'm like, man, you just need to get up and go and yeah. start taking the action. Make First, make the choice that you want to do it and then just get up and move. And it doesn't need to be perfect, but build your program as you go. The other thing is too, if you wait to build your program before you even get started, you may find that there's a completely different path or direction that you need to design yeah. for your clients. And if you wasted all this time, energy, and resources to build a program that's not even a good fit, then then what's the, what's the use of it? So no, I was saying, I love how you say that the action creates momentum because that's so true. Like you got to make the choice, but then you got to take the action to be able to get there. If, uh, if someone was listening to this and they're like, man, you know, she, she just kind of like fell into success and, and be able to get this and they're just, and they're just kind of stuck and not knowing where to go. I, I, I mean, like you're saying, you gotta make the choice to do it. I and mean, there's so many opportunities for anyone to build a business or to do different things nowadays. But if you're going to tell a brand new client right now and you're starting day one, where where should they start? Well, first off, I would say be highly committed to the process, but detached from your outcome. So Mm -hmm. highly committed, but detached from the outcome. And the reason is, is because we have this little thing called social media and it's very easy to compare your timeline to someone else's timeline. I know I work with so many women who are like, Oh my gosh, you know, I was looking at this and you know, I've, you know, I've been following this girl or we started our business at the same time and she's here. And, and the thing is, it's like, you don't know the work that she's done behind that. And you're comparing someone's chapter 20 to your chapter one. And so like, you know, the comparison will get us. And so it's one of those things where, be highly committed to the process and know that it's going to be a long-term game, right? It's not something that's going to happen overnight. And so if I could give any advice, it would be that, like highly committed to the process. And then secondly, I would really hone in on what is what are you really good at? What are your zones of genius? And what do you see yourself doing for the next three to five years? You know, and I'm all about pivot. I've pivoted so many times in my life. I'm here for the pivot when things are not feeling, you know, when when it, when you know when you feel that. And so, but I always, you know, I always want people to tap into like, what is it that you really enjoy and what are you really good at? You know, if you are a fitness coach or you are an entrepreneur online and you're going to create a general program for a general public, you're probably not going to get anybody signing up for your program. But if you are a really good endurance athlete and you have like, you're running 50 Ks and you know that you can help other people run races and create, you know, their complete their first 5K, you are more likely to help more people with that specific niche than help the general public with a general fitness program, right? And so like hone in on your zones of genius, write out the things that completely light you up. Like for me, I, I my core values, this is another thing that I really like to tap into is community, connection, fun, freedom, wealth. So if I were to really take a look at those core values, which I reevaluate those every three months, every quarter, I am doing everything right now in my business and in my life around my core values. 
I am creating community. I have a monthly membership with women that are, and I just launched it like three weeks ago. I have 18 women in that group. Um, and it's a monthly membership, $444 a month with fitness coaches, where it's all about community. I created a, I create multiple streams of income around building community. Connection is another big value of mine. So I, all of my programs are live or live coaching, live group coaching. I'm in there live because I love connecting. And that's the part of me that had always loved the one-on-one training with clients, right? But now I get to do one to many. I want to create fun. So when I think about programs that I create, or I think about experiences that women will go through or what I'm doing, I want it to be fun. You know, you asked me about content, like, oh, how are you, you know, having all the time to do content, you know, for your program? And I'm like, it's fun, right? Like I see it as so fun. Same thing with wealth, building wealth. Like I have systems set up to create residual income monthly where no matter what I'm launching, I'm not even depending on my launch because I have, you know, 20,000 over here monthly that's coming in residual, right? So it's like, that's, those are my core values. And so I create based, I create my life and my business around that. And so that's something that I would definitely tap into if you're just getting started. Yeah. One thing that you said uh, a second ago about like being committed to the process and detached from the outcome, it's, it's hard not to do the comparison game where it's like, man, you know, I got all these people that you like, you see their services, you see their level of character, you see what they do, you know how they deliver the products and services and it doesn't match up to the way you are. And you're like, oh man, you know, I, I know I can be so much further. How is this person where I'm at? And just kind of, and I, I'm kind of in that boat where like I have to detach myself from a lot of different things and not compare it. Like even, even to the point of like, uh, you know, I, I had this specific goal of one that I wanted, wanted to do and I know that I could reach it for 2022. But I had I did some a really big self reflection. I was like, you know what, that I could do that, but what is it? What am I going to sacrifice to get to that goal? And why do I want to get there? And when I really dug deep in me, I really only wanted to get to that goal just so I can throw it in someone else's face and be like, see, I can do it too. But I knew it was going to take a yeah. lot of sacrifice. And for me, I was like, I don't need all these riches and fame and all the all the things that there. But what I really want is this, so that way it allows me to do these other things that I want to do because I could be a slave. And really build this business to where I want it to go and or where I thought I would want it to go. But then I'm not going to be able to do the other things and maybe spending time with family or whatever it may be. I mean, you you know, you, your kids are, mm-hmm. I, I got three little ones. So if I, yeah. I could take all the time and sacrifice to do this other <laughs> stuff, but what's it going to take away in return? So playing that comparison game, that was a lot of self-reflection probably in the past yeah. four months that I had to do myself. And mm-hmm. it was, it was hard because I had to like really look at myself and be like, do I really want this? And why do I want it? Like everyone's saying, hit that seven figure mark, hit that eight figure mark and be that, you know, the eight figure coach, whatever it may be. And I, I wanted to do it because I was kind of getting sucked into that world. And reality yeah. is I don't want that life. Like I, I like I, to me, my family, I, I know what I want and where I'm, I feel like right now we're very comfortable financially and, and I enjoy the balance yeah. that I get to have. If I wanted to take two weeks off to travel to Europe, like we did a couple uh, before the pandemic, I can do it. And it's not going to hurt me and, uh, yeah. and, and enjoy it. But that was a really powerful statement you did. And it really stuck home for me because uh, I, I just like how you you, you said where you got to be committed to the process and detached from the outcome because mm-hmm. I had to go through that. And it, it just was something really, really powerful. Do you find yourself or have you found yourself in a place of comparison 
with uh, with other yeah. other people in our space? Absolutely. And, you know, I used to judge myself for it. It was kind of like that shadow work that I needed to do. I used to judge myself for comparing myself because it would make me feel bad or it would make my intentions not pure, especially when I was creating, you know, business model. Oh, I got to do this because, you know, I need this launch or she's doing this and I need to do this. And so like, yeah, it doesn't serve us. It doesn't help. It doesn't serve our highest good. And it doesn't feel good, right? And so, like, you always want your intentions to be pure and to be clean. And so, you know, I always use this example too. Like, I was a fitness coach for so long, and then in the online fitness coaching space, and you know, I would ask my clients, especially females, because I started to, I only work with with females, and so I would have these conversations with them about weight loss. And you know, nine times out of ten, women would come to me wanting to lose weight. But I would ask them that question, like, well, first off, women compare, you know, themselves to other women and how they look, especially physical and the diet culture and et cetera. But I would ask them like, okay, what do you think a smaller body is going to bring you? Right. And so like really thinking about that, because you're comparing yourself to Sarah down the street, she may be missing out on all the family functions. She may be doing two a days. Her adrenals may be exhausted. Maybe she's living on caffeine and she's getting not great sleep. Maybe her marriage is suffering. Maybe her whatever may, you, you don't know. And so like really thinking like, what do you think a smaller body is going to give you? Right. And then like digging deeper, because it's usually deeper than just the weight loss. It's usually deeper than just wanting to hit an eight figure. Why, why, like why? And I love that you asked yourself that question. Like, why do I want that? And so like, usually it's a deeper thing. Maybe it's validation, worthiness, um, you know, a lot of other things pop up that we can get to work on that now without needing to have this thing, this weight loss, this million dollar home, the new Tesla, the a million dollars in a bank account. Like we could start feeling that now just because we want that as a goal. No shame. I, those are great goals, but it's not going to change you as a person. You're not going to magically be better because you're 10 pounds lighter or because you have, you made a million dollars this year. Right. And so I want people to realize that like, we have to be in gratitude now. I always say like one foot in gratitude, one foot in desire. Okay. Like keep that foot in gratitude because it's going to, it's going to make you aware and be aware of the present and be in the now, but also it's okay to want and desire a certain life. It's okay to desire a certain home or a certain car. Like those are all great things, but sometimes you got to put yourself in check and realize that we get, we get to be happy now regardless of whether we have that eight figure or whether we have the perfect body is there is no perfect. So it's just a reminder to everyone listening. Yeah, man, that, that's so good. Like saying like about the gratitude and desire and, and trying to keep that balance because the, the, everything has sacrifice. Everything has like, okay, why do you truly want to be able to do it? And it's, it's hard to to like want something so bad because you see everyone else having, you're like, you know what? I know I could be better than this person. I can do that. But just like you say, it's like, you got to really think about the true heart in a way. Like what, what does your heart really want? And what, what are you willing to give up to achieve it? And is it really going to change you? This right here is our ego, right? So you yeah. maybe have done comparison with other, with other men in the industry, your industry, and your head came in, the ego came in. Oh wow, they're they're hitting eight figures. That's going to be my next goal, right? Which again, we can use that as inspiration. There's nothing wrong with comparing yourself to others, but as long as you're not comparing from a place of lack, 
meaning you don't have enough, right? You can compare yourself and say, that's pretty cool. That's inspirational. You know, maybe someday that's awesome. That's an aspiration, but it's not going to, you know, make me happy at the moment. Right. So I think it's a great reminder. Yeah. There's, there's a saying that I, that I heard uh, a long time ago because, you know, I'm a Christian my, myself. And sometimes as Christians, <laughs> we learn to, you, you get judged and like money is bad and all these different things. And mm-hmm. it kind of tying in with what you said was when, when I was poor and had nothing and me and my wife was barely making a couple thousand dollars a month when we first got married. You know, I just got back from Iraq and I, I was living on a little bit of disability I had from, from uh, the military and she was supporting us with a little bit that she just got started. And then even, even today where we're, we're pretty comfortable with where we're at financially and, but I'm still the same person that I was like, mm-hmm. it didn't change my character and who I am. I mean, I, I became smarter, probably better looking, but you know, just all those different things, but you know, the, it doesn't change you as a person. But one thing that money does do, and that I had to learn for myself is money is not evil, but it does provide opportunities. So it matters what you do with it. So you can allow money to change you and wealth to change you, but it's what you do with the money. That's going to really make a difference. Like give back to a charity or whatever, or allow greed to change you as a person. And mm-hmm. I think I, I think what you said, it really stuck home for me, where it's like one foot in gratitude, one foot in desire, because that, that even goes with, well, with the financials. You got to remember who you are and yeah. because your family's still going to see you as the same way. And you don't want them mm-hmm. looking at you with a different eye and uh, just yeah. not forgetting where you got, how you got started and things like that. Um, you know, one, th- one thing was said today. So I'm, I'm, I lead a men's discipleship class and I have a Christian mentor. And he was telling me that, you know, recently my, my middle son got, got really sick and we had a scare and ended up in the hospital because he couldn't breathe and stuff. He's four years old. And, um, you know, we, we had to remember almost kind of like where you came from, but we have to remember the times and our blessings of first off where God pulled us through. It's like, okay, well, this is a miracle of what God done. And we can't forget that because it's so easy to be like, all right, we got through it. We're good. And we forget almost like your mm-hmm. business. It's like you got to remember the times of where you got started and what got you through and be gratitude and thankful for where you're at. But, but him specifically, one thing he told me was he, he has a son that has a down syndrome. He's 20 something years old. Now um, his son is. And, uh, and when he was born, he almost died with, with heart dysfunction and stuff like that. And was in the hospital for months and months, but he's hundred percent healed now. But when, when his son was tied up and he said like connected to like 22 different wires and tubes in and out of his body, his mother-in-law took the picture of his child while he's all hooked up. And uh, my, my friend and his wife, they got so mad that they took the picture and she took the picture. And then later on, she gave it to him and it was like, I took this picture. So you didn't forget. So you didn't forget mm-hmm. where you were at and where you're going. And, uh, and now they still have that same picture that they keep inside of their Bible. But the reason why I bring it up is not necessarily for a faith story, but from a character standpoint that we can't forget where we got started and the journey that we we're going along to get there. And I think it ties in really well with what, with, uh, with what you're saying. And, uh, mm-hmm. it definitely struck home for me. Cause I'm like, man, we just can't forget about those. Cause we can like, even my son this past weekend, you know, he, when he was 10 months, he's four now, when he was 10 months old, he ended up getting like an RSV and was uh, hooked up to a bunch of tubes and, and wires for two and a half weeks. And, um, we didn't know he was going to make it hasn't had an episode ever since. And then last week we ended up having to be transferred by helicopter to another hospital to see a specialist. He had a major asthma attack and like a virus that, you know, that, uh, attacked him and he wasn't breathing and we were, we were, we were terrified. But then the doctor, doc, original doctor said that we would be there for a minimum of five days. But then he, I asked him at the hospital, I go, you know, is this something we should be worrying about? Is this fatal? And he says, yes. And so for me, it was fear just kind of struck in. 
And then it wasn't even the second day. So that happened on Sunday night that by Monday night, uh, my wife wasn't there, but the nurse was checking his, his lungs and everything like that. And he wasn't even wheezing anymore. And I had to remember, I was like, you know what, that, that I have to be remembered that, that that was God that, that healed him because it could have been all the medical stuff and whatever, but I can't forget of where we were and the, the feelings we had. And that, that mm-hmm. takes me back to where we're at today, which is gratitude and just being thankful because it's easy to forget. It's easy to forget the process and the journey and what we've been able to overcome. And so I think your message is powerful. And anyone listening to this really needs to reflect on what you're saying is like, think about gratitude and desire, and then not forgetting about who you are, which is, mm-hmm. which is powerful. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause we're all so wanting, we're in this like mode and I'm definitely guilty of this. And I have to remind myself, we always, we're in this mode of like, okay, like we don't stop and celebrate where we're at now or we're in gratitude. We are always like, okay, what's next? I need more. I need yeah. more. Like, I want more of this. I need, I need, you know, I had this month, I need a bigger month next month. And I, and, and it's like, I had to really, you know, reflect on that mindset because I found myself never actually like taking a breath and just stopping to smell the roses, right? Stopping to celebrate even the littlest things. I remember, you know, being in gratitude and going to the grocery store. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can buy these Suja juices that are like $4.99 a piece and not even look at the price tag. Like how, what a blessing that is to to be able to buy six of them if I wanted to and not have to budget. Because I remember having to like, there was no way I could buy those juices at $5 a piece at one time in my life. So it is a reminder. And I think no matter big, no matter how small, I think celebrating, you know, those small wins, those small gratitudes are so important because in a society of like more, what's next, you know, what, what can I do? That's going to create more of this. I need more people. I need more cash. I need more of this. It's like, sometimes we just need to sit back and just be like in the present and be thankful for where we're at at this very moment. Yeah. That's awesome. So one question that I ask everyone when they come on my show is what is their creed? So what is the one thing that you're most committed to that you're going to be resilient to push through no matter what, even through the most difficult times, you're going to show up every single day, giving your best, and you're going to have the emotional, physical discipline to complete your mission. Mm. I'm committed. I'm committed to choosing happiness as somebody who struggles with anxiety, as someone who struggles with some depression. Um, I struggle with self-sabotage. I could easily um, create a lot of stress in my life if I chose to. And I did for many years because I was I was addicted to that feeling. I only knew struggle. I only knew toxic relationships. And so I'm committed to doing the things that bring me joy. I'm committed to doing the things that help to impact others. And I'm committed to my own happiness, choosing happiness, because I know when I choose happiness, it impacts those around me. Um, Yeah. So that's what I'm committed to. Gosh, that is so true. One thing that my wife, she keeps me in check and quite often she goes, you can work so hard to building your business and doing all these different things, but what is it? What is, what are you sacrificing and taking away? Because you like thinking about with our kids is like mm-hmm. you're you're missing these precious moments with your kids, and is that what you really want in the long run? And I have to mm-hmm. keep myself in check with that sometimes. Like you know, it's so easy to chase that success in the business, but in reality, is am I taking that small ten minutes or fifteen minutes or whatever with my kids and let them know that I care and love them? Because I'm not going to see those videos again. I'm not going to spend that extra time rolling around on the floor. And, or like, uh, mm-hmm. I took my, you know, one of my, my five-year-old to Awana's a, a few weeks ago and we had snow and, and usually I'd be like, you know what, let's get in the truck, let's go and let's get home. So we need dinner. 
And I, I, I thought about that for a second. I said, you know what, let me create a memory. And I, uh, he, he's walking up, he was behind me and I snuck around my truck and grabbed a snowball and then threw it around them. And we ended up having like a 10, 15 minute snowball fight. And it was a memory that both of us will probably never forget. So yeah. taking that time for happiness, I mean, that that's huge. And, and if anyone could walk away, honestly, that could be like the biggest thing that I think anyone can take from this message is don't lose yourself in the process because it's mm-hmm. so easy to do. And if it's not bringing you joy, happiness, or even drawing closer to better relationships, because we can go along this journey, but do you want to do it alone? Or do you want to do it with the people that care you care about most? And I have yeah. to keep myself in check with that. My wife reminds me about that whenever I get too focused on, on business versus, you know, on the things that matter. So that's really, that's really powerful. Um, so if people wanted to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do it? I know that you mentioned your vortex stuff, but, uh, kind of explain a little bit about that and then how they can get in touch with you and connect with you even further. Absolutely. So I'm accessible on all platforms. I'm mainly on, on Instagram at Felicia Romero. You can DM me. I also have a lot of great, I'm very niche. So I, I help fitness coaches build their fitness business. And then I work with a lot of women. Um, and um, you can also text Vortex to 480-530-5459. And I give weekly business tips to fitness coaches and how to get more clients in their life, how to get more leads and things like that. Um, I have a podcast called the High Felicia Podcast. If you want to like learn more about me on a deeper sense, because I have long form conversations on that, love that platform. And um, yeah, and then you can check out my website, FeliciaRomero.com. Love it. And we'll definitely post all this stuff on the bottom of this episode for people to be able to get. And then um, even inside of our Facebook group, for those checking this out, I'll post uh, that way, that stuff as well. So if you're a female fitness coach and you're looking to get extra tips, Felicia is one to definitely be following and listening to because she is consistent with her message. She's amazing and personality, which why it attracted me to want to even bring her on this episode. And she just has this beautiful heart. So I thank you so much for coming on my show and, and bless me with your presence and our audience to be able to hear your message and who you are and what you do. So I, I thank you for that. And until next one, everyone, simplify. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Daily Creed Podcast Show with J.R. Spear. If you want to get more leads and grow your business, head over to fitprofunnels.com to get your free gift today. That's fitprofunnels.com. And to connect with JR online, check him out on Facebook at jr.spear.3. Or feel free to join the Facebook group at FitProFunnels. And you can also find him on Instagram at jr.spear.